0: Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of High Minded with McCarter. I'm your host, McCarter. On this episode, we met with Vince Michelle for the second time. It was very exciting. He is moving to Salt Lake City, Utah, so we had to get him back on before he left Boulder and give us an update on everything he's doing. He gave us some insight into the New York cannabis market that's going to come online soon. He is still working for Canna Advisors, uh, helping write and research uh, licensees or people or brands that are applying for new cannabis licenses in new markets. So he has such great perspective that he offers.
1: Yeah, he took us through state by state, um, how legalization is happening, how they're writing the legislation and how it's being implemented. He also talked to us about entheogenic medicines and how licensing for that is happening. Legalization is coming. Entheogenic uh, medicines are psilocybin, mescaline, DMT, and there's several others. It's basically
0: plant-based substances that can cause an altered state of mind or perception.
1: Yeah. It's a rebranding for the word uh, psychedelics, I would say. Yes. Natural medicines. Yes, Um,
0: exactly. So we're trying to use and implement that language more often.
1: Yeah. And we are located in Colorado and this year on November 8th, election day, um, we will be voting on entheogenic medicines and its legalization. So everyone do your research. Yep. uh, Get out the vote if you November 8th is the day. (laughs) Mark it now and don't forget we're legalizing this bitch.
0: This is very exciting for plant-based medicines and a lot of other things that are going to be on the ballot, hopefully that address Maybe some climate change issues.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Um, helping our soil and our air—all things we talk about on the podcast and care deeply about. But um, back to Vince, we also talk more about the psilocybin businesses that and people that can apply for licenses currently in Oregon, which is really exciting. Um, so I'm like, uh, maybe
1: we should move there. <laughs> yeah, I think our future might be in Oregon unless things change,
0: or rapidly. just get involved in the local government here and hey. make it happen quickly here because that is a lot of what we talk about with Vince as well how to implement and get things involved into your local government to get things changed. It's great, and thank you to our episode sponsor, Hemper. I love my Hemper subscription box. I get it every month in the mail. It comes with all the things I need that I'm about to run out of, like a lighter, hemp wick, a new bowl or piece that's super clean.
1: Yeah, I just got the D-Bowler. It's a life changer. Every time I need to... Um, so good. I don't get ash anywhere on my hands anymore. No one knows. It's we great. love the D-Bowler. Thank you, Hemper.
0: Yes. Thank you, Hemper. Use code high to save at Hemper.co.
1: And remember to follow us, uh, subscribe, review on all of the podcast apps. Yes, and on Instagram at High Minded Yay!
0: And, and as always, stay, stay high. high.
2: My name is Vince D. Michelle. Um, second time here on the podcast with Emily and now SK as well. Um, glad to be here. Um, I am an attorney in Colorado. Um, I work in the cannabis industry as a cannabis licensing consultant. So, like writing applications for licensing um, in newly legalized states. Um, I also DJ a little bit, play guitar, write some songs, um, and am interested in getting involved in psychedelic licensing. To helping yes. states write those laws.
1: Cool. Um, they need the help. Yeah, we're yes. very interested in that. For sure. Yes.
0: You're amazing. You're an amazing friend. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back on. I think you are one of the smartest people I know and provide such great insight. And we are passionate about such similar things. So yes. it's great. Um and you provide that legal perspective we're all so interested in that we don't fight like quite fully grasp, I feel like. But before, right before we started recording, we were talking about a lot of things. The industry is changing. A lot of brands in Colorado are cutting staff, laying mm. people off, um, debating if they should, you know, continue like planting, growing, whatever, producing. So, like, could you just get? Could you just give us like a little update on the industry of like what's the status right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that is a reflection of. The American economy that was inflated over the last two years with Treasury pumping money into the system during COVID to just keep it afloat, and then people now getting back out and spending a ton on these things, um, driving you know inflation up, making you know the cost to produce goods so much higher, and then the most effective way to cut costs as a business that employs a lot of people is to lay off people. Um, Mm -hmm. but that, I think a lot of the, probably, you know, explosion in the, especially, you know, even Colorado in the last two years, like a lot of new products on the market, a lot of new businesses coming in, that that was ultimately unsustainable at the level that it was. And Mm so now correcting back, unfortunately.
1: Do you have any, um, idea, like what went wrong, where we took the wrong turns?
2: Right. Um.
1: And is this, sorry,
0: follow up to that, is this only in Colorado or is this happening everywhere, you think, in California, Oregon, you know, everywhere that's been legalized kind of with REC?
2: So I can't speak for sure. I don't know for sure. I would imagine so in some way. Um, But, you know, you brought up the specifics of the Colorado market, too. There's a unique situation there where, uh, you know, a supplier came in, bought a lot of cannabis, sold or sold really cheap cannabis and drove prices mm-hmm. down. And then now you have that on top of the overall market situation. So probably worse in Colorado than other where, than other places. Um, but I mean, I would imagine I would, you know, imagine this stuff is going to become news pretty quick and we'll be reading about it. Um,
1: <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Short term or a longterm um, issue that we're going to deal with. I mean, you know,
2: right. Um, it's, you know the the lawyer answer like it depends um <laughs> but overall i think short term because the momentum of the cannabis industry and the strength of it thus far and the breadth of it is too big to go under completely yeah. and people will turn to that in hard times right like
0: yeah they know, still want their vices exactly
2: like you know definitely yeah so liquor sales are always good in a recession. So
0: yeah, hopefully that's what I you know, was
2: this will be the first test of cannabis sales in a, in a major recession, perhaps, you know, mm-hmm. if we see that.
0: Yeah. I do just think it's sad because I feel like, you know, as we, as we've seen with history, the smaller, you know, family run businesses that don't have the capital investment behind them are going to be the ones that, uh, shut down right. uh, first and can't, you know, afford to, Live and work through the recession.
2: No, exactly. I mean, we're already seeing that at this point in the industry, a lot of merging going on, a lot of things going under and being bought up by the larger MSOs. And so, I bet that that will be, you know, a symptom that's a little longer term of this this period coming up is seeing that you know aggregation of the industry. But then it it falls back to states to regulate it. Right, it's not a free market for cannabis. You can't just open a cannabis store. Like you have to get a license from the state. So the state can literally take away licenses, you know, like they can, I mean, they have the power to, Mm -hmm. you know, they can only give new licenses to social equity qualified people, you know, build the industry back up from that, give it to local, Mm -hmm. former local business owners, maybe prioritize even awarding new licenses to people who had them and, and lost them during this period. It's a oh. tough argument to make, though, as a cannabis business owner, because if you your business went under, that's kind of state like, well,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, do we
2: want to give it back to you? Yeah, yeah, or are you just like a weight on the market? But ultimately, it's like you know, like you were saying, the market conditions that make the you know that create the situation where the smaller businesses are going to go under first.
0: Yeah. So I also heard that. With this kind of recession period coming up that we're going to see, like, over 50% of the brands possibly, like, mm. die in Colorado. And I'm just like, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if that projection is, you know, going to be accurate, but crazy numbers. And very sad to
1: think about. It's like yep. the movie studios in the Great Depression. Right.
2: Well, that, that you know, that does stem from... You know, structure of the system where you can create a brand and then not have a license. Like you know, we we have many friends who have brands that mm-hmm. you know use a manufacturing licensee. They have a deal with them to yeah. produce their product, right? So that allows for a lot of you know side hustle business mm-hmm. in the market, which is great and great for the consumer because more products then enter the market, you get more competition, mm-hmm. but. Those are then again, they're like the small business, those are the first to go. Those are like the ancillary things on the side of the market. You know? Yeah. So I've been think you know, I've been thinking about it with can right? We're an ancillary service. Yeah,
0: and we I was advise like, advise on application. You worried about your if, future. If the state's
2: not doing <laughs> licensing, yeah, like we don't we don't do what we do. So no, I mean I've I've thought about it, but you know, that ideally the transition is into psychedelic stuff. So
1: Yeah, what does it right. look like on that side? Um, regulation and stuff. Have you done stuff with the state of
2: Colorado at all or but no I have not um you know Oregon has the psilocybin licensing program up um it looks relatively similar to cannabis licensing um then Denver just you know has psilocybin decriminalized mm-hmm. but I believe like Ibogaine, peyote, ayahuasca mescaline were on the dock I forget okay. what before but um entheo entheogenic plants are on the bill to be decriminalized this this session are coming. So, great.
1: Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. For Colorado?
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, amazing.
1: It's I uh, believe so. California, Michigan and Colorado are voting on legalization I think for psilocybin this year too mm-hmm. in November. So. Mm-hmm. And I well I just oh. heard
0: from my mother that Missouri is finally probably going to have rec on the ballot in November. Nice. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. cannabis.
2: I mean, it's crazy. A lot of the business we've been doing recently has been in the south.
0: Wow. Mississippi
2: just had a licensing yeah. you know, round, or it's open right now. Alabama's is coming up. Texas is making moves. Wow. So, no way. Yeah.
0: I never thought that Texas. Rumblings
2: from Texas, yeah.
0: Yeah, can you shed some more light into like what's going on in the South with cannabis and what the views are of people? Yeah,
2: Google? so it's interesting because Mississippi is a funny example. So they, the state wrote a law that they— thought the people wouldn't pass. Like it was basically a defunct thing that like couldn't work based on the way it was written. And the people just saw legal cannabis and they were like, yeah. And it was passed by 74%. <laughs> oh, it amazing. was like a 74% vote. Oh, Everyone yeah. wanted, Love right? That. So, but then, <laughs> see now the issue is, so they tried to make that program. It cl- it wasn't going to work. So they they stripped that away, like recalled that, pulled it back, then wrote a new program that's going on now. But it's written by people who don't want cannabis to be legalized, right? Like, these people, these lawmakers are doing it because they have to to save face. This sounds like Quebec. Well,
0: Quebec. I was just up in Montreal. This literally sounds like Quebec was, like, forced to do cannabis because Canada legalized. But they, the lawmakers, are very anti-cannabis there. Mm -hmm. Please continue.
2: Yeah. So in Mississippi, laws being written by people who – don't want cannabis to be a thing, so the program is not, not doesn't look very good, right? It was a very muddy application process. Like the applications were basically copy and pasted. There were no, like, no guidelines other than basic titles for things. So to give you an example, it can be like um, operating plan for your business, and it'll just say operating plan. It won't say like you know, please describe. You know how many plants you plan to have, or you know what your growing conditions are going to be, or sanitation and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and in, in Mississippi, they had a few other plans, um, SOPs for different things, but no, no sub prompts, no guidance. Like it was, it was clearly quickly drafted and just kind of bare bones, and that. You know, ultimately, that does work in setting up a cannabis thing. Like, you can, you know, some states straight up copy paste from other states the laws um, for the program. But you end up with a program that is, you know, cor- corrupt ultimately, or like, you know, is only going to serve the wealthiest, the best prepared, um, you know, the really the people with the most land. Mm-hmm. And that's what's definitely happening in Mississippi.
0: Um wow. That's a shame. Yeah. So they're obviously not prioritizing like social equity or, you yeah. know, people that have already been impacted by the war on drugs. No. That's not too
1: surprising, unfortunately. Oh god. Uh, yeah. There, but um, you just went on a tour of the East Coast. Yes. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear about that. What states did you go to? What were you Much doing?
2: better. So it was just New York. Okay. So because New York is probably going to, you know, hopefully set the standard for this yeah. sort of thing going forward. And they're going to
0: be a huge market. Exactly.
2: So we were doing a little tour through, started in Rochester, went to Albany, and then Brooklyn. Each of those stops giving a talk to people and, you know, soliciting business for what we do mm-hmm. on the licensing process in New York. And, you know, what we know so far, what the best strategies are for, you know, acting in what we know so far, you know, with the information we have now, here's what you can do type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And that went really great. Um, Love the people I work with. Love my team. So traveling around with them was awesome. Great time. Driving in a van.
0: (laughs) Oh, nice. Um, But how much, like, free information do you give out in these talks, I guess?
2: um, I mean, so the thing is, is right now, We couldn't even probably give any information that mattered because the application isn't out. Okay. You know?
0: So it's all like, if, you know, like, if this is the application, then, like, if and then. Well, uh,
2: and also general advice saying, like, even no matter what if the application is, here's what you can do right now to prepare. Okay. So when it comes out, you can actually do it, you know, that you're not. Getting the application and being surprised that they want to see a financial plan or a background check. Okay. You know, knowing that those things are probably coming because it's a license process. Okay. Um, identifying a facility. You know. Nice. Um, talking to your local government. Um, building a team.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All those things you can start doing before you ever see the application.
1: Right. Is there any um, like ETA on the... Application New York because um, I feel like I've heard this of, of for a while of like <laughs> this application may or may not come out anytime.
2: Yeah, so they're taking they're definitely taking their time. Um, there is a provision in the statute that says that the social equity board has to be appointed, and I believe they still haven't even done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have 90, 120 I can't remember what number of days from that date that the board is appointed to release the regulations.
1: Okay.
2: Um, New Jersey had the same thing, and they were a little late on that, um, but it still happened around that time. Um, New York will—they're going slow, which is, in my mind, a good thing.
1: You yeah, know? it sounds like it's the opposite of just, like, copying and pasting. And
2: exactly. Free for all. Well, and even, you know, you can do copying and pasting and then and then editing, right? Right. Of what you do, <laughs> you know? Like, you it's like,
1: be intentional the a little bulk. bit.
2: Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but— you know, New York, there's definitely going to be a ton of business. Um, it was very exciting talking to people at each stop. You know, Brooklyn was the the highlight with a lot of people there, a lot of very interesting, influential people that, you know, want to get involved or already involved wow. in the cannabis industry. Very fun. I mean, you, That's know, so like, exciting. you know, like famous. But, yeah, it was jay Z? I I was just, <laughs> <laughs> just going to
0: say Jay-Z because I've heard, obviously, that he's trying to <laughs> expand his empire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good. But so that's it's, exciting. How many people are in, there were In they Brooklyn,
2: it was probably like 80. I
0: Whoa. Think, wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, cool. That's yeah. great. That's, that's awesome.
2: Um, and New York is very interesting because right now in New York, you walk into any bodega and they are, can sell you a bag of, you know, there's a bag of weed right on the counter and they'll sell it to you.
0: Amazing. And then
2: there's these clubs that are more actually like dispensaries where you get a membership you get products that are cannabis, right? Wow. So there's going to be interesting competition between new licenses and then these already established brands that are operating illegally. Yeah. So what New York has said they're not going to, you know, enforce the cannabis laws on these businesses right now. They're going to let the tax department do it. So you know, you're making sales. You're not paying tax so oh. they're going to try to enforce through tax on that stuff okay. because they do want to give people the opportunity to still enter the business or enter the industry because if you had you know a violation of the cannabis laws before you even applied for a cannabis license like that's you know Red damning flag. so okay. they want to go after for tax like take out the biggest people who are doing it you know the worst um and hopefully allow that to chill the illegal operators so that they can have a clean, relatively clean slate coming in. Because not only can you walk into any bodega and get weed, there's a bike service that will deliver it to you anywhere oh, in New yeah. York City. They're fantastic. They, I've been
0: doing those for, like, years They when give you I a visit. free
2: eighth on your first time yeah. with them, you know? Like, it's great.
0: Yeah, And the, I've been seeing um, on Instagram the food trucks mm-hmm. that are dispensaries, mm-hmm. and they'll just pull up in neighborhoods
2: those yeah. all got ticketed recently I don't know if Wait, you saw that I did yeah. not um, there was a, a famous group of food trucks that sell in New York yes yeah. food trucks yes um, they there was like a spot where they all hang out apparently and they all got ticketed and, and yeah wow. arrested that way
0: wow yeah. and now time for a quick commercial break Major shout out to today's sponsor, Hemper. Check them out at hemper.co or follow them on Instagram at H-E-M-P-E-R. My favorite thing about the Hemper monthly subscription boxes, they always come with stuff I seriously need, like this d bowler that's silicone. I use it all the time to cash my bowls for my bong. And it's amazing. I don't know what I would do without it. They're just always really fun to get in the mail and it always has stuff I need. Like I'm not running out to go get a lighter or the hemp wick I just ran out of because I just got some in the box. So be sure to use code high at hemper.co. What about people that are doing this for psilocybin and making psilocybin businesses like gummies mm-hmm. or capsules? So the only legal way to do that right now is apply th- for a license in Oregon, right?
2: I believe so, yeah.
0: Okay. So I know people, like a lot of people in California are doing this. Yes.
2: I think Boulder was, I heard someone say, someone said that to me the other day, that Boulder might be doing it soon, but I didn't check on it. Um, so that's where it's at right now, you know? Yeah. Ideally, we see it you know there's there's no reason why it wouldn't right now continue in Colorado um so we'll see I think it you know next next couple in the next six months to a year we definitely have a better idea of what Colorado's going to do but I would say nothing's happening in that time frame
1: are you working with any companies like kind of in hopes that it does come about or
2: um so I I know of Someone who started an entheogenic church in Denver. Not very close with them, but then... Is
0: that a workaround because it's a religion?
2: Well, yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's also the who I'm going to be living with in Park City. Oh. Um, she is a pharmacist and is thinking about doing getting into this as well. Nice. Yes. Um, so... That's a lot of why I'm excited to go there as well, to live with her and and see what we can do with this.
0: We're sad you're leaving Boulder, but Mm -hmm. on to your next adventure, next chapter.
2: Yep. I mean, I never recommend doing anything illegal, but, like, it's tough to enforce at a small scale.
0: Right. That was kind of my next question. What's going on? Because there's Um, so many people doing it now. So it's like, mm -hmm. can they—how would they even go about, yeah, like, enforcing? Is it like, do they literally— Tax every or whatever. I mean, give everyone
1: tickets or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, I guess that's how they would crack down on it, but.
2: I mean, they're probably going still after just the biggest yeah. traffickers, which means that, you know, I would say someone who's growing their own and just, you know, making whatever they wanted out of that is going to be, you know, a non blip on the radar, you know? Um,
1: Have you heard of any. Um- crackdowns on psilocybin
2: um not no not that I've heard of I mean I'm sure there have been some but like no never have I you know gotten a chocolate bar and then heard that that chocolate bar's producer got busted or something you know
0: yeah yeah
2: that's never happened
0: I know some like over 10 brands already Mm -hmm. that are I'm sure you do have you yeah yeah,
2: so many Yeah.
0: yeah so like just what's your view of that and like starting something before the regulations are there
2: you are taking the risk of saying that you have experience or, you know, coming off as a rule breaker.
1: Right? Okay. Like
2: those, those are the two things you're dealing with there. Mm-hmm. And I will say it, it is definitely a fine line because people who, you know, were able to operate in the legacy market with cannabis successfully without getting caught their experience looks great on application. Someone who operates and gets a felony, they are not allowed to have a license, right? So
0: wait, they can't even work big, for someone with a risk, license.
2: Big risk. Um well, it depends. In some states, if you have a an offense that was a cannabis related offense, you are now qualified for social equity, like, you know, yeah. trying to re- recuperate the mm-hmm. community. Um but in some states, it doesn't matter. You know, if it was a felony level charge. Wow. You, you can't own a license, yeah, so.
0: But can you still, if you own a license, can you still hire people with, uh, like, cannabis Like, can you get felony? your badge if you have a right. cannabis felony? Right, does it depend on the state?
2: Uh, it does depend on the state. Like, in the situation where I was saying where you, you couldn't, no, I mean, you couldn't be a part of the business. And, like, right. people definitely try to do this, try to set up prop businesses like put their mother on the application their sister you know whoever yeah that's not them you know it's really it really just depends on the state situation it's you know you could be involved in the business and not have to disclose any sort of finances about the business um you could have to disclose a certain percentage you could just have to disclose an amount that will show that you can run the business and then anything extra over that, like you don't have to show. Um, Sometimes people can, you know, be the CEO because social equity, sometimes can't touch it at all. Um, It Mm -hmm. it really depends, yeah.
0: Well, in the last two years since we've talked to you on the podcast, uh, have your views kind of shifted about federal legalization or... Any projecting into the future you'd like to share? Probably
2: not. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just so hard to know. I mean, because it seems like it's now just a a baton that's getting passed around at the federal government level for like you know who's gonna be the one who gets to legalize. You know, yeah, it does
1: seem like both parties are kind of trying to put their their stamp on it, yeah. like win the legalization battle. Yeah, exactly.
2: So that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. So that's tough to tell because I don't have any insight into who yeah. is winning the legalization battle. You know, <laughs> right. but it's the all politics just... of DC elude me.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> no rhyme or reason for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I I definitely like just wanted to be you know declassified or re- yeah. reclassified or declassified altogether. Uh, I
2: don't know the proper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which one would be better?
2: Well, so reclassification is you know pro- probably somewhat accurate though the structure for it would hurt the industry. So reclassification, you know, would be making a different schedule, maybe saying that has some therapeutic benefit. From there, though, it would have to go to universities for study. You know, a lot of the lower schedulings, they can be researched, but only by accredited universities or some restriction, right? So that, you know, has some value. I think it should be researched more, you know, but that then takes it away from the rec market. You can't you can't do it anymore until we're done researching. You know, or the only Wait, stuff really? can come from Even research. Even though the state so these, wow.
0: law is like already in place.
2: Well, then it would it would be like almost like a new leg of the pharmaceutical industry.
1: Oh you know?
2: shit! Yeah.
1: Wow. Is anyone pushing for that approach?
2: I'm sure pharmaceutical industry.
1: Ugh, you know, yeah.
2: constituents are.
1: Oh yeah. no. Uh. I really Fuck don't make it karma. when they get their way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like,
0: yeah, It's like, thanks for all the stuff you give us, you know, like.
1: Thanks for killing all those people now. Here's Advil more power.
0: And like all the other stuff. But yeah, but then it's like they're also responsible for so much harm and like <laughs> lying. And, and the deceit. opioid crisis. Yeah, and
1: the opioid crisis. Yeah. We could go get some willow bark for ourselves and make aspirin. Pharmaceutical company. Very true. No.
2: I just learned that. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we're here about the plant medicine you know it's yes like
0: willow uh, bark. i do just like wanted to stay i guess in the hands of the state you know
2: yeah ultimately um i think so declassification is great lets states do what they want as they are
0: so it takes it off the schedule list completely yes okay
2: um i think that I think that the one thing that gives me the most hope about it being the future is that is the momentum of the cannabis industry in the states and that yeah. even places like Texas or states that have been banning abortions are legalizing cannabis.
0: Right, tell us about what's what is that about? What? How how does that work? Like yeah, how
2: can you yeah,
1: cognitive dissonance a little well, bit. Well,
2: I think it's like- also it's the it's it's power. These politicians are they change their stance to whatever Get them the most votes from their constituents, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's just a reflection of where you know Texas is at is like Christians are okay with blazing, but not with you know, un, you know, babies being aborted.
0: So, what's, what's happening with Texas though? Because that really that market really really intrigues me,
2: yeah. Um, I so Texas originally was going to give out 12 licenses back in its first medical round, um, I think they only ended up actually awarding three.
0: What?
2: Um, so Texas has been operating with those three for a while. There are rumblings now that they will be awarding more in the more medical licenses. Okay. Um, some, you know, connections in Texas saying this, the state looking like it's going to do it. So it'll be more medical licenses.
0: Okay. Yeah. But no talk about Rick.
2: Um, not that I've heard. Okay. Yeah.
0: And do you work with anyone in Smoke, Oklahoma?
2: Um, we do. Um, yeah, a really great guy.
0: What? Well, yeah. yeah. What's the deal there with unlimited licenses? In oh man. the market. I don't know. Compared to Colorado.
2: Yeah. Um. I think they just put a moratorium on awarding more. Like they just did it. Oh really? It, or it just came up. Um. I remember seeing. But, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically just like good luck, you know, being successful. Yeah. Right. Um, it's and
0: like free market in a way, yeah, kinda, yeah, and like the best will succeed,
2: oh, like, a bit oversaturated, right? So it's yeah. like, so
0: but like natural selection, you know,
2: right? But also, no, but like, but even if so, like, if you think about if we had too many farmers, too many farms for soy or something, we would just have to be giving up all our land to fucking soy farms, you know, that we uh, don't want because there's too much soy. Like, that's yeah. what's happening, right? properties are being bought. Grows are being built where we don't need them or want them you know okay. it's yeah. too too much you so know? it's
0: just going to waste then
2: yeah exactly prices so, are
0: going to be super low and yep.
2: price will yeah. be low it'll get a bad rap
0: you know yeah it'll be you know for and like eventually it'll level itself out but like in the meantime that's like a lot of probably like money time voting energy, power energy Oh, yeah.
2: Right? People will say, look at this facility that just went up. I, all this construction happened, and then a year later, it was empty.
0: Wow. Shit's about to get crazy, I feel. Like. I mean, yeah. it's already getting crazy with everything.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's interesting because I just don't know how it will interplay in the world that we have, right? It's like certain, you know, it feels like there are certain entities that are too big to fail. Like, it's like if it started to get really bad, you know— Amazon stock is going down, and Bezos calls someone, and then they work out how to like fake make money again. I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's all the whole, our whole money system is designed to be cyclical so that international bankers can profit off of it. You know, the Federal Reserve, like Andrew Jackson, I believe, signed it into law and then went and wrote a letter to himself in his journal that night where he was like, I just fucked
0: everyone. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah.
2: You just look this up. It's crazy. Yeah. Started oh the Federal my. Reserve and then was like, I just handed the keys to my country's future to international bankers.
1: I've heard about this, I haven't read it. I'm going to, yeah. okay, yeah. definitely. Check it out.
2: So, yeah. th- the simple thing is essentially what happened just now. So, the people who ran the Federal Reserve pumped money into the economy right went at a time when it was clear that it would cause inflation afterwards to basically make themselves money so they bought stock in the S&P 500 right? had ownership of the American economy then in their fucking job were pumping money into the economy then sold as they were the ones who basically got the first data that this was coming yeah. right they got out mm-hmm. and that to me should just like bring out the guillotine like there's no yeah. other form of justice, yeah, then, watch the, out heads, then the heads should roll. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, it's tough because the only remedy is political, right? They have to be, you have to get them out with votes because an officer of a United States agency, you know, can't be arrested for something that they are doing on their job, right? That's part of their job duties.
1: Is there an impeachment process for the- For the
2: Federal Reserve? Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, I don't, I don't think so. It's just, uh, wow. it's an appointment thing.
1: Yeah. It's like, I feel like Jerome Powell really dropped the ball not that raising interest rates at, you know, any time before he actually did it. I know. And now we're just like watching the world's like, go you to know shit.
2: why? Cause he owned, it was yeah. selfish interests. Totally. Like he and his gang of goons owned stock and they were like, no, we can't, like, we can't, out we can't at raise the interest top. rates. Yeah, yeah exactly. They were just like, yes.
0: We'll just, yeah, and so did so many up up. United
2: States senators.
0: How do we take these people down?
2: The guillotine, Emily. <laughs>
0: Literally, I'm like, let's revolt. <laughs>
2: that's the that's it. I mean, subverting as best you can. You know, like dude, having conversations like this and recording them and putting them out there. Is, Telling is, is the people is important. Um, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think ultimately, you know, as sucky as it's, it's uh, politics, like getting into it ourselves and being mm-hmm. more involved at a larger level and having. Because, right, it's like you've built up so many arguments and logical, you know, thought patterns for why cannabis is great and why it will work. You know, you've soaked these up from all the conversations you've had. Like, that's how I feel. I'm just regurgitating all the stuff I've heard, right? And you can now pass on a very powerful, simple idea or argument to people that, you know, other people who are less versed in things cannot, or, you know, the people who you'd be passing it on to, they're just getting it from their circles, which don't talk about it very much. And so it's probably either very extreme or very minor and not impactful, right? So Mm -hmm. people like us can come in and say, no, this, this, and this is what you should be caring about. You know, the Mm -hmm. fact that it Brings security to communities and money to communities, but it has to be regulated well. Can't go crazy. Given everyone licenses, and we should, you know, yeah. make social equity a priority and get people back. The fact that there are, you know, billionaires off of the cannabis industry, multi-millionaires off of the cannabis mm-hmm. industry, and there are still people in jail who possessed, you know, a few ounces oh, is so absurd, Fucked. is absurd. And that's the, but those are the conversations that need to be happening in the place where the laws are made. Right. Like
0: right.
2: The, those things need to be regularly happening. So um, do
0: we just have to infiltrate ourselves? Yes.
2: That right. Starts at the city level. Damn it. Take it from there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you know like what the easiest path for, the normal, just be kind of all the people on all the
0: cannabis committees. Basically,
2: I mean, definitely having friends helps. Um, my <laughs> friend who has recently gotten involved in politics in Houston and is doing quite well for himself, I actually had a call with him recently to discuss exactly that question like, how do normal people get where, where do I go? Well, how do I start? Yeah, and
0: be likable, <laughs> be, be
2: likable. Obviously, I mean, you know, if you're at this point where you care this much about it to think about getting into politics, you're probably pretty likable, you know, or can sure. at least like make people like you when you're talking about this, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but basically, I mean, going and having conversations with people. So calling a city council member starting there and then finding something to fix, you know, maybe it's not the big thing that you're aiming for, but just go and fix something. And my, buddy Alex said at the city level, there's so many things to fix. You know, there's a a ton of things that you could just, if they had the manpower and you just, you know, help them do this, they can get, they can get it done. You can help them get it done. And then you build a reputation that way.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, like the thing I want to fix the most is right now, Boulder has a 29% tax on recreational cannabis. I want to fix that. I don't think I can or that it's the but, fight that needs to be fought but what's the happy personally, medium is
0: like bringing it down to 25%, 22%, like what's going to make everyone happy because yeah. you can't just go in and be like oh it needs to be like 10% because
1: you know for sure it's like know. probably not the the main issue but
0: yeah it's in like cuz like, I did we did talk to someone remember gentleman Quinns? Mm-hmm, they're yes. close with
1: um they're on the regulatory board yes. for the um, businesses in the uh, pre-roll.
0: Yeah. Pre-roll category Mm -hmm. of the industry in Denver Mm -hmm. or Colorado specifically, but they're obviously working at the Capitol with these committees. And a lot of the people on the committee do not actually smoke and have Mm -hmm. no idea about the process of the flower. And so they actually got when I I think you'll probably remember when they enacted those new pre-roll testings Mm -hmm. um, that every pre-roll had to be tested a second time. So basically there was like a third test that was happening in there too and they somehow got that like off. So it was like one less test mm-hmm. that needed to happen because it was like redundant basically. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that stuff where it's like it has to be a happy medium. It can't just be like no testing. It has mm-hmm. to be like, okay, well let's make it For sure. reasonable. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's like there's some... You know, an issue in Colorado is there's certain tests for mold that you can only test zero. It triggers at zero to five parts per billion, and that's like the smallest measurement of testing for trace testing. Yeah. And so you can't have any of that mold on there. So you're bombing the plant with a moldicide and a fungicide.
0: Yeah.
2: And you know if you're not flushing that out properly, that's getting in the final product and is gross. And that's mm-hmm. just that's just a regulatory issue and like there's certain, you know, I don't know where we go with that, right? I don't know if that type of mold is so deadly that you can't have that, or if there needs to be then a a post-flushing test process Uh, for, you know, non-cannabinoids in the plant, um, things like that,
0: yeah. I forget who we talked about this with on a prior interview, but um, it was basically with all the fires happening in the ash that fell on the plants, A, like so much product and crop had to be like thrown out.
1: Yeah, because heavy metals and stuff were getting from in there.
0: the ash, and it's like, wait, but we're still breathing in that air. Mm-hmm. So, like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. how does that make sense? Like, no one's
1: regulating that air. Let's <laughs> go. That's going in our bodies. Even less and less as uh, the Clean Air Act's about to get overturned wow. too. So, oh sorry not to do all that,
2: but <laughs> no, it's just true. <laughs> I mean, clear. yet another reason to get involved in politics, right? It's like
1: I know. I goodness might, gracious, I it's I might time. I guess.
2: To. How loud does the universe have to scream at us so we have to do this? Like, I guess you know.
0: I know. I really been,
2: didn't want to, but doesn't seem like there's another way.
0: I've been thinking more about it. mccarter well. twenty twenty four. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. But just with the law school thing and like learning all about the laws so I know and then being able to apply that to our favorite things, plant-based well, medicine.
2: Exactly. And that's what, you know, you were saying a lot of the people working on this board, this committee hadn't smoked, don't consume cannabis. That's definitely an issue that I fear will happen with the psychedelic industry where you'll have like you have now doctors administering ketamine who have never done ketamine. I mean they're also viewing it as a anesthetic, maybe antidepressant, but it's a psychedelic thing, you know, and it should be administered by a a guide, someone who has you mm-hmm. know done this before, and then have a doctor there, right? right? Have two. Like that's how most of the best high dose you know guiding is done. Um, so that's you know where I want to give my knowledge being someone who knows about the law and yeah, you know, high dose guiding.
0: And the yeah, the anecdotal <laughs> and the exploratory ex- experience.
2: Stuff, Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I and the know. empathy,
2: really, right? Yes. Like it's difficult for a human being to have empathy for someone that or for some when going through something that they don't understand, they can't understand, they might even view it as wrong or, you know, what a weak person does, you know, mm-hmm. Um, to have that energy in the room, like in the set and setting of the yeah. psychedelic experience is not the way people are going to heal, well, you know, yeah, people need to be supported and uplifted.
1: And it's so much about connection, like to yeah. not be connected in mm-hmm. that way. It's
2: exactly. A waste.
1: Yeah, a waste, totally. it's you like know. Yeah. Almost bad.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Oh, bullshit.
0: I might need to go to law school.
2: Yeah, do it
0: up. Okay, well, it's almost six. Okay, Thank yeah, you go. so yeah. much for doing round two. Yeah. Vince Michelle. Round two,
1: baby. Oh, Should we ask our final question really quick? Do we have time for it?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I asked you. I don't think I asked you in the episode before.
1: No. I don't think so. No, I yeah. Didn't. yeah, no.
0: So we have a question we ask everyone now. It would be, if you could smoke weed... Or just, I guess, consume psychedelics as well, since that's on the table. With anyone, alive or dead, but not family, who would it be and why? And how would you consume? Yes. (laughs) Oh, and we also, I threw in the other day, or a couple months ago now, that it could also be, like, a fictional character if it's, like, well-known. Because I was like... I would love to smoke a joint with the Six Flags guy.
2: <laughs> well, now that you say that, I would love to get drunk on rum with Captain Jack Sparrow.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, yes. It seems
2: like a very fun time.
0: That would be Johnny Depp. We love you. Mm-hmm. It's like as Captain John Sparrow, but yeah, he would him. have to be in character.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yep. Nice. That's yep. a good one.
2: Um, this this one's general, but like I have a lot of friends that I do LSD with, and. Any of those, that top tier of my LSD friends, doing LSD with them is always amazing. Oh, nice. Good. Ideally, from a vial.
0: Okay. You know, like oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Um, there are too many to name. Sure. But.
0: Oh, but we meant more of like, yeah, you public.
1: If there's any public figures or like. Right, right. In history. Yeah, you want to like mm. smoke a joint with like, like Thurgood um, Marshall or something.
2: So a little left field, but uh, Fela Cootie. So he was an African musician who was very a big proponent of legalizing cannabis back in the '70s. He was eventually killed, murdered by the government, I (gasps) believe. Ugh. Um, He was a big uh, political activist, and he was, you know, incredible musician. His son Femi Kuti just played at Levitt Pavilion for free a couple weeks ago, and I went, and it was amazing.
0: Nice. That sounds (laughs) amazing. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Okay, cool.
2: Now I want to go to Nigeria. I want to do a trip to Nigeria.
0: Wow. I'll come with you. Let me know. Just eat. I'm trying to go go to shows,
2: dig records, smoke the African herb.
1: Nigeria? Dude, I will accompany you. (laughs)
2: Let's do it.
1: A quarter of the African population is Nigerian, and a third of their G- the African Wait. GDP is Nigerian. So wow. Just a fun. How do you know this? I read the, an article in the Economist, uh, but and it like stuck with me so specifically. <laughs> Wait, can you say yeah. those numbers again? Uh, one quarter of the population of Africa is from Nigeria, and one third of the GDP of Africa is Nigerian. Wow! Oil hmm. and yeah, Coastline there's a lot of and- there's totally, a lot of oil there. Yeah, yeah it's also pretty large.
2: Yes, um, huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of oil in the, like, Delta wow. River Valley. Um, good Ted Lasso little side uh, story about the oil in the Delta, uh, like, the Niger Delta. Anyway.
2: Seen the movie Sahara. Matthew McConaughey.
1: Yes, love it's been that a long
0: movie. Time. That was good. So good. Wait, I need, I need to add this to my list. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Well, that was great. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Vince. This yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank yeah. Thanks you, for having me. We love you. You're the best. Love you. Best of luck. Um, Move into Park City. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and you gotta legalize cannabis while you're That's there. That's
2: the plan, baby. <laughs>
0: Woo! Love it. And as always, stay, stay high. Stay high. <laughs>